you know, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all still learning. Mm. And it's okay not to have the answer, but it's not okay to give up because you don't have the answer. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Success Times Happiness Podcast. I am your host, Richard Thompson, and today we have a guest who I know very, very well. She is my neighbor, Karina Patrick. And for this episode, it's all about parenting, something that I really enjoy talking about, very passionate about. Uh, Karina and her husband, Des, have three kids, very similar ages to my boys, and we've grown up um, on the street. Uh, through this, I guess, this journey of parenting. And today I get the chance to sit down with Karina, talk about what it's like to raise three boys for me and for her, for two boys and one girl. And I'm um, looking forward to getting into the weeds. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Karina Patrick, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, this is going to be fun. Now, <laughs> Karina, you, uh, we are neighbours. We yes. both have your child stats are three children. Tell me about your – let's give a list of your my, stats. My stats. Yeah. All right. So I've got three kids. Mm-hmm. I've got two boys and a girl. The girl's the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, almost nine-year-old, almost seven-year-old, and now five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they're a handful. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought I thought we have yeah we haven't I haven't had a guest yet on to talk about parenting generally and it's something that uh, I really feel passionate about and I think it's it's fun not only because of our proximity but our kids are relatively the same age I mean you've got your eldest is the same age as mine your youngest is the same age as my middle and I've obviously got a younger one yeah and you've got one in between the two so. It's like the street's like a Sandlot gang, mm. that it's like a – it's just ridiculous yeah. how many kids are around. But I thought we could maybe today just compare notes a little bit. Oh, I want to hear about your your side of it in terms of how you perceive parenting and how you have grown through that over the last nine years. Mm. Um, but I think the topic itself I really enjoy. And so – it's Yeah, it's a topic that you could just talk about for days mm. – both in a positive and a negative sense, mm. really. For me, parenting is just the two absolute ends of the spectrum, the absolute best thing I've ever done, and I love it so much, but it's the worst at the same time. But I wouldn't not do it. Mm. In terms of the worst, it's just... You don't think about how you just don't get a break. It's just 24-7 all of the time. Even when they're not with you, you still have to be their parent. You still have to be on call. You know, like as they get older, it gets a little bit easier in terms of you don't need to physically be there with them, but you still need to emotionally be there with or for them. And... You know, if they're over a friend's place at a sleepover or whatever the case may be, you still need to be available if they get sick or upset or scared or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I just, you know, like in theory, you know, that's what it is Mm. before you have kids, but until you have them, 
it's, you know, and it's like you have them and then that's it. You don't get to second guess it. Um, so I think that's that's the really hard thing for me. It's just sort of you're almost sort of trapped, I guess, for one of a better word and a better way of saying it. Mm. Um, yeah, like you don't get a, another choice or if you walk away then that's just an awful thing and that's something that you would never conceive. But, well, I mean, I guess some people do, but I definitely wouldn't. And then the other end of the spectrum is just it's the best thing that you could ever do. Mm. Having these little people who are not miniature you, you know, like they've got their own personalities and they grow into their own beings through, you know, just from being them but also from other influences that you have no control over and, you know, they're growing up in a different time to what we grew up in. So they're just their own little people and to be such a huge part of that and see them grow and change and develop and have their own thoughts on mm. things is just... I think that's what got me as well, where I, I thought for a long time there were little me's Mm. And then you very quickly realised that, oh, wait, they are their own. They yeah. are their own person. Yeah. And there's nothing that you're – it's almost you lose authority or you lose power, I guess, of like you, you, you lose control to mm. go, oh, I don't really – I have, yeah. a, I have, a, I have a, an ability to uh, try to influence, but ultimately it's not up to me anymore. Mm. And that's scary as shit. It is. It is because you, you know, much as I want them to be their own person, it'd be so much easier if they were just the same person that I was because, you know, you could be interested in what they're doing and, uh, you know, like you could forethink how they're feeling and be there for them sort of so much more than what you think you can. But, you know, like I've got two boys who are obsessed with the Nintendo Switch and video games and Zelda and I could not care less. And they're like, Mum, yeah. guess what? I just did this, this and this. <laughs> You'll uh, never believe it. Yeah, oh, that's, that's really it. good, honey. Yeah, and it's like, just remind me again who this person is and what, you know, like yeah. I'm trying to be interested. But but do you not think that that's the same when you were young? You were like a diff different medium. Yeah. You know, and your yeah. parents like, oh, that's great, Karina. Yeah. Like, they did a good job in hiding the fact that they weren't interested and I'm hoping that I'm doing the <laughs> Until same they job. listen to this episode. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, okay. Oh, Mum didn't care at all about <laughs> Zelda. I do remember I used to, when I was really young, I used to have these really vivid dreams every night and I'd wake up and I'd go through like in great detail telling mum and dad all about my dreams and to their credit, they, they listened, listened wow. every day and, yeah, it was only – much later that they were like, oh, that was really <laughs> training. I can see where your eldest gets that from then. Oh, <laughs> he's a talker. Just keeps talking. Yeah. Um, but that's the good thing too. You see, you don't need to know too much about whatever they're talking about because they're just happy to tell you yes. and happy to have your that attention. ear and that attention. Yep. And, you know, they're happy, you know, like if I get them to – repeat something about whatever it is, they're more than happy totally. to re-explain and go through it again because they just want you to be there listening, listening. to them. Yeah. Talk about as well the experience where I remember because your youngest now is is uh, going into prep next year. Yeah. So you'll then have all three at school. Mm. And I remember <laughs> you boasting about that. <laughs> 
to me. <laughs> and then literally like three days later, yep. your little girl breaks her leg, mm. full cast into the hip. Wheelchair. Wheelchair. We live on a hill. <laughs> I have three. <laughs> just to get from our garage up to our main house is three Levels. big sets of stairs yeah. to get up to. Mm. Um, <laughs> even to go through the front door. There's still a set of stairs to yeah. get there. Um, Let alone a high, relatively energetic <coughs> five-year-old being constrained mm. to a chair. Mm. And not understanding why, because, as you said, we've got this handlot kids around this neighbourhood, so not understanding why the boys are allowed to just run down the street and play with everyone still and she is confined to the house. It was a big wake-up call to me because, yeah, as I yeah, I was boasting to you just saying how sweet I've got it and, you know, I'm always free. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it really made me realise that even though I'm at a point in my life where I'm sort of trying to discover me again and, you know, me outside of being just a mum, your kids still really need you and your kids are still your number one priority and whatever you've got going on beyond that, you need to be ready at the drop of a hat to drop it drop it, and be there for your kids mm. um, because you've made that commitment, you've decided to become a parent, they're the number one. So she was in the cast, it was about five and a half weeks. Also during that time we all sort of got influenza and we were really sick as well, which was awful. <laughs> Um, kindy, you know, I was allowed to take it back to kindy, but we had to do limited hours mm. because our kindy, um, they do a lot of big walks up to, it's connected to a high school or a school, so they do a lot of walks up to the school, so we really had to limit that. Um, thankfully, with my job, I was able to bring her into the classes that I teach, um, and my boss is amazing, so he allows... I mean, have a lot of flexibility, which is good. But, yeah, life was really, it just came to a halt really quickly and I had to just, yeah, just accept that Fleur at that point in time was my number one priority and everything else just came Was second. there a moment in, like in a quiet moment with you, with yourself to go, right, I've got to, because I couldn't imagine the level of patience you would need to manage that and it would almost be a point of time where you'd go, okay, at least for, um, for me I would imagine I have to sit down with myself and go, right, I've got to park any sort of aspirations or any uh, trying to do anything for myself yep. for five weeks, six weeks yep. and just Yeah, it literally this. was that. And it was uh, with everything. Like I couldn't even, you know, like our laundry is downstairs mm. Even putting a load of washing on was hard because she needed me to move anywhere. Like she had the wheelchair, but the way our house is set up, it's, it's you know, multi-tiered. Yep. Um, so, you know, like there'd be so many times where I couldn't even get a load of washing fully put on mm. because she needed me and she was screaming out and she was, you know, understandably emotional as well and frustrated. And um, so even over that, over the course of that time, just keeping a tidy house. Yeah was impossible. <laughs> did you take time in that early stages or throughout to do you talk to yourself oh. as a parent or do you go or how does that how does your relationship with yourself go with that in that period of time where you like It was a realization that yeah, I just need to take this time 
focus on her, mm. put myself sort of second, mm. um, and knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So, and even if there was, like, even if it was a case that she was severely disabled for her life, you just have to reassess, restructure your life and accept that that's, you know, this is the card that you've been dealt Mm. and go with it. And it's funny that especially when I was pregnant with her because she was my third, I just had this real insight whilst I was pregnant in that, you know, there's so many risks involved in pregnancy. There's so many outcomes that you can have with what what you're going to have with the child. Um, And, yeah, I had that real insight when I was pregnant that it's a risk every time you decide to have a child and bring somebody else into the world that you have to look after. It's a risk of what you're going to get and you just have to accept that you've made the decision to have this child. So, Not just, you. I presume you're not talking just about uh, birth, but... No, no, no. And, um, and even if you birth a healthy child, there yeah. is a risk in... Yeah. F- until they're al- whilst you're alive and they're alive, that there is a risk that you're going to be needed. Yeah. Whole, holy. Yeah. Like, like it's were. not just like a recipe of, okay, so you only need to look after your child for 18 years and then... You're done and dusted. Or look, and look after your child for 18 years uh, with the help of kindy or school. Or, yes. You know, but it's not, maybe not that case. Maybe yeah. it's their full time yeah. with you. Yeah. 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 And I think that's that's an innate, you you innately adopt that, right? Or not? maybe not everyone, but certainly. Yeah, I, I, I think so. But you just think that it's not, you're not going to be the one that has to deal with it. Mm. And it's like anything, you know. People who get cancer or unwell or, you know, get in a car crash, you know, everyone lives with that. Mm. Well, it won't happen to me. Yeah, sure. Which I think you have to live with that. Otherwise, you would just spend your life in, you know, masses of anxiety and fear and not actually live your life to the full. So, What was for you going from zero children to one, one to two, then two to three? What was What's your take on... <laughs> Which is the hardest step. What was step? the biggest step, yeah? Two to three. Right. Going from zero to one, like it was hard because you're learning. Every, everything's just so new and you're learning it. But at that point in my life, I was just so ready to become a mum. I was so ready. Like I enjoyed my job, but I didn't love it. So I was ready to like not work. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot going on in, in that time of our lives. Like we, we had my eldest when we were in Melbourne, mm. four months later we moved to Brisbane. Um, so there was a lot of exciting stuff happening. So you just sort of, yeah, kind of happily went with the flow. And, yeah. you know, I when we moved to Brisbane, I came in with a really good mother's group and all of us were going through the same thing. So you really felt supported in that we were all going through the same thing. And then the jump from one to two, I just felt... Because it was quite close. Yeah. Um, we had him 23 months later. Mm. Um, so it was all pretty fresh. Um, we knew what we were doing. I was already living the life. Hamstrong. Of, yeah. You know, like yeah. we're all, you're we already nap times and you're already doing really heavy routine times. So yeah. adding another one in the mix, it was more like a complication of, oh, 
okay? <laughs> when you go to put a kid in the car, who do you put in the car first, the mm-hmm. toddler or the baby? That was like the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Two to three was, you know, all of a sudden you become outnumbered. <laughs> and my eldest, he wasn't even four yet. I had two months until he was four. So um, that just... I mean, you're laughing now because <laughs> they're all in, they're almost all in prep. Yeah, you know, but, but even but. even now, like with I don't know about you, but I just find with three, someone's always upset. A hundred percent. Either two of them are ganging up on one, or one thinks it's not fair that the other one gets a bigger portion of dinner or a different <laughs> fork, or, you know, like whatever it is. Yeah. There's always someone upset. Yeah. Um. But yeah, at that young age. Uh, three was I had essentially two toddlers mm. and a newborn I had mm. to look after. We're living here with no family support. <clears throat> you know, like they come and visit and they help sure, out when yeah. they visit, which is great. But it's infrequent. Yeah. A couple and times a year at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, th- <laughs> I think for me uh, zero to one, certainly on the paternal side, zero to one was a big was yeah. a not and not in a negative way, but just a holy shit. I've gone from yeah. no responsibility effectively to yeah. all the responsibility. Yeah, and um, it's just, and it's that little things like you know if you're at home alone with him and you need to duck to the shop, hmm. all of a sudden yeah. ducking to the shop is a huge outing yeah. and something you really need to put thought into just Definitely. to just to make sure you go there. and get milk. Have <laughs> yeah. got enough for nappies? Is it wipes? Yeah. Is there, what, how is it in relation to the nap? All yep. that, right? Yeah. Um, and then two, one to two, uh, I thought was not so bad because uh, a little bit, not as much as zero to one because you had to deal with another nap. Yeah. I was working. I was now working from home at that point, so yeah. I was fully in it. And yeah. But it wasn't just... The one wasn't just, well, he needs to sleep, so we'll nap him now. Yeah. You had to had another yeah. element, and I had another yeah. devil in the mix to be yeah. able to go, actually, I need to nap him, but this person, this yeah. guy. Yeah. But then you had the bigger gap as well. That's true. Which, does, which helped. Yeah. And then the third, I didn't feel it's any different. Oh, really? Just, my life's fucking chaotic <laughs> anyway. It's, it's complete. So you may as well. <laughs> and by that time, more. your others were like running off in the easement with my kids. So exactly. you're all sorted. <laughs> um, and then, to be honest, that like you get to an age where, I don't know, you, let's say you get to the beach once they're swim fit and you're like, yeah. oh, thank God. Oh, like you got a pool. So it's like once they're all swim fit, it's a lot less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're of an age. It's almost like they're of a street age. Yeah. Once they're of a street age. Yeah. They're like, I'll be home at by <laughs> I know. by dinner. It's like, like get, no problem. Get home when the, when it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and then if they're not, you're out in the street um, just yelling, you're, you're yelling out. Yelling out to them. <laughs> who, who knows what house they're in? Yeah. yeah. Which is really beautiful. But uh, my youngest is probably just that little bit too young. He wants to be in the mm. street, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes I go, yeah, just down the side of the road. Yeah. But he's probably just about six months out from yeah. being able to fully fledgedly go off you go. Yeah. Um, but that'll be great when it gets there. Yeah. It's like we'll see it's you. Close. See you at five thirty. There's a light, a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> How does your week look like generally? Because your husband um, is, I guess, he works full time. Mm. And did you? Well, before you talk to me about the week with that, did you guys have that conversation? You talked about, you know, that. Your daughter broke a leg, and so you're like, "Oh, I've got to. Pu- I'm parking everything mm. that I do, yeah, because that's your role, yeah." Um, 
did you guys at the start talk about that? Like you both obviously had your own career. You said that when you fell pregnant with your first, you were ready to leave work and that was your yeah. thing. So I guess what was the communication between the two of you about how life looked in terms of roles and responsibilities? Because of his role, right from the start, we always knew that he would have to be the breadwinner, the breadwinner, sorry. Um, and I was never, because I've got a nursing background and I've never been hugely passionate about nursing. I found roles within it that I've enjoyed. Yep. Um, but, yeah, at the time I got pregnant, I was very ready for a break from it. And I always just had in the back of my head that I would get back into it after we had finished having kids. Um, so I was more than happy to take on the role of, you know, full-time mum, mm. do anything that was, you know, that needed to be done in terms of taking them to appointments or, you know, swimming lessons or, you know, school drop-offs, kindy drop-offs, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I don't think it was ever like a great discussion. It was more just an understanding, but it was a, it was, you know, I, I've never felt that he has just, you know, taken me for granted in that sense. I've always actively stepped up and said that's going to be my role. Yeah. Not because I'm the female, just because. That's your role. Yeah. And I always, you know, like I wanted to be a mum mm. and I wanted to do, All the you know. About. Yeah. And I think possibly part of it was my parents because I'm the youngest child. So my mum went back to work not super early. I think I was probably about five, maybe when I started school, she went back to work. Mm -hmm. um, but then they worked full time throughout my whole school childhood. Um, and I don't begrudge them of that at all. Um, I think it taught me and my brother and sister a lot of independence at a young age, which I'm trying to teach my kids. Um, but I did, you know, I'd go over a friend's house after school and their mum would be there and, you know, I'd bake them cupcakes for afternoon tea or something. And I think I've always had in the back of my mind that that's really nice. Mm. And I think probably part of it was I wanted to do that for my kids. Um, so, yeah, so we never sort of discussed it. And it was like, you know, when my youngest broke a leg, it was I never even considered that he he should stop work to sure. then help out because my role at the moment is to full time. be the one full-time, even though I am sort of working in trims and drabs, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so how has that transition been now as the kids are getting all of them to school age? How have you... You've mentioned it earlier that you're sort of now at a role, a place of finding yourself... Mm. Who is who is Karina outside of being a mum? How has that journey been? For a long time, I didn't need to look into myself because I always had in the back of my mind, well, I'm a nurse and that's like my identity mm. and I will get back into that at some stage. Um, and then I did get back into it um, and realised I really didn't like it. Um, so that's when I really struggled with uh, interesting. who I am because, because it, wasn't that. it wasn't that. Yeah. 
And then so I had to figure out what I wanted to be because I knew I didn't just want to be a mum. Like mm. I just didn't want to be a stay-at-home mum. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just I wanted to show my kids that, you know, I contribute to the family more than just staying at home whilst all also being is that, there for is that, them, a, is, that is, a conversa- is that something that you want to show them or is it something that you want to show yourself? A bit of both, I mm. think. Well, I just want something for myself. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, it's like when you meet someone and they say, oh, you know, what are your interests? And I really hate sometimes that I can't come up with anything. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. oh, you know, I like reading and cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know, like go oh, to the beach. going to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> These are great conversations. You're having that at a party, obviously. You meet oh, someone yeah. at a party. It's all the small talk. Yeah. <laughs> Kids' parties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that. I got back into nursing. Yeah. Really didn't enjoy it. And, I mean, I'm in a fortunate or we're in a fortunate um, position that I don't have to work. Yeah. Um, so it makes it a lot easier for me to then make the decision not to go back to nursing. Does it not make it more challenging for you to find your purpose because you're not forced to, there's no financial pressure for you to go and find something. So it's like, you can basically, as long as it, as long as you adhere to the roles of mum, you can do anything, which then makes it really challenging. Cause it's like, I don't know what, it's almost like death by a thousand options. When I'm at home and the kids aren't there, Mm. I'm not a person who can just sit back and, you know, watch movies or go get my nails done or, I just, I'm a task-based person. I need to have a task to do. So what has been the process of trying to find your calling or your interests? What I do. At the same time I was nursing, I was doing a lot of, like going to the gym a lot with the trainer and I was also doing a lot of Pilates with the same studio. Um, And I discovered silk aerial um, Pilates or yoga. Um, and I was doing that and really loved it. Um, I was enjoying being able to get back into proper fitness after having the kids. And then all of a sudden the silks instructor that we had left. Around the same time I was deciding I didn't want to be a nurse anymore. Mm-hmm. And the, inst- uh, the trainer at the gym was struggling to find an instructor. And so I just decided that I would do that, not thinking that it's going to be like a massive career, like make a career out of it or anything. It was more just, I enjoy doing this. Mm. I want to keep coming doing this week by week. If you can't find anyone else, then I'll just do it. Mm. And then that way I get to do what I'm enjoying today, <laughs> yeah, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I did my aerial silks instructor course and started working there and liked the fact that I could have both aspects of my life that I wanted to be, you know, like I could be the working mum, but Mm. I could also be the stay-at-home mum. So it just fit perfectly with what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. I guess. Plus I really enjoy it. You get to hang upside down and swing and (laughs) it's a lot of fun. And your body feels amazing. So, yeah, yeah, so that's sort of how it started and didn't really know if I'd enjoy it, but I really did. Um, From there I started to realise that there were huge gaps in my knowledge in terms of Pilates and rehabilitation and um, 
I had clients who, you know, everyone's got their own bo- body issues in terms of like injuries or, you know, limitations. And I wanted to help them and I can help them. But I also knew that if I had more knowledge behind me, then I'd be able to help them more, which is then where I'm at at the moment is where I've just decided next year when my youngest goes off to school, I'm going to go in and study Pilates further and do my diploma. That way I can get further qualified and help people. Brilliant. Which, you know, like it goes back to nursing. Nursing Nursing is helping people. Yeah. but on a more personal level and a more long-term level. Mm. Um, and and it's not just helping people when they're sick, helping, helping them get better. It's being there for them and, you know, similar to probably what you feel with coaching, just that, you know, being on their side and yep. watching them improve and develop and change being and get stronger and, yeah. yeah, yeah, being on the journey with them. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it wasn't – I didn't go searching for it. Mm. It just happened at a time of my life that I needed it. Yeah. And I've never not enjoyed it. I've never had a day where I've had to drag my feet to work, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, the dream. Mm. And I think if financially we wouldn't, like we weren't able to do that, I don't think I would have ever given myself permission to go and discover that sure. because I'm, you know, like I'm too focused and it'd be like, no, 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 I have to just keep working and I have no other choice. Go I've made my decision thing. in life and, yeah. you know, so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, I think we, I think we have to get you back because we haven't even touched on half of the things that I wrote <laughs> down, <laughs> including, you know, how, how we deal with screen time, oh, how sweet. we deal with I think our elders are very similar in that they we say let's you know here's a sport you can do and they do two minutes of it and they say don't want to do it anymore Mm -hmm. and then it's like great well then where's that line between pushing them to do something that they may enjoy in the future but they don't enjoy it now yeah all those sort of things yeah but what's the goal do you think as a parent for me it's helping them to discover who they are and being confident and happy within themselves to be who they are before it gets to that point of teenage years where they are going to sort of have a lapse in that confidence. Does that make sense? Um, I mean, whilst also trying to teach them values to make them, you know, good people, um, but for me, especially because with our eldest, um, he's definitely quirky, I would say, and I love that about him and I really am trying to encourage that in him and make him love that about himself so that moving forward he can be confident in that and not question hmm. if it's wrong and if it's not you know, what everyone else is doing. So therefore it's weird or, mm. you know. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's the goal for me is just letting them be their own person and letting them be okay with that and knowing that 
you know, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all still learning. Mm. And it's okay not to have the answer, but it's not okay to give up because you don't have the answer. So that's what I really want them to learn. And everything else, you know, we're here to support them along the way. They're going to learn lessons either with us or at school or whatever, wherever they go, you know, sports teams or, um, yeah, but just being happy within themselves I think is the end goal, That's which is what we all for. want. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Before we go, quick fire questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, number one tip for someone looking to be uh, more successful in their life. I think you need to first of all look at what you think success is. Um, for me, I feel, you know, like even if I can go through one day and I tick everything off my to-do list, mm. like I count that as a win and I feel that it's a success. Um, so, you know, you just need to redefine what you think success is. And if you think it's success is, you know, owning a really successful business, then fantastic. But you need to look within yourself and figure out what success looks like for you and then work And it goes back that. to your the standard or the, what you're trying to achieve with the kids is that you to be fine with that's how you define it yes. and not compare it to the outside yes. world and go, yeah. this is what I – today, this is what success looks like. Yeah. And then be so comfortable with that and confident with that. Yeah. Yeah. And be happy to change it. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like the beauty of life is that you can change your mind yeah. on anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, like be okay with – change and changing your mind. You know, if you've got something you want to work towards, mm. then, you know, like you need to focus on that. But if you get what you want and five years down the track you decide that that's not what you want anymore. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, number one tip for someone looking to be uh, happier within themselves. I think it's the same thing. Like just look within yourself to figure out what's going to make you happy. Don't think, you know, a new parachute is going to make you happy or having a nice house is going to make you happy because there's always going to have, you know, there's always going to be someone who has more than you or better than you or whatever. Mm. You need to really look within yourself and think about what values and what things really make you happy and just work towards it. And again, reevaluate it, you yeah. know. If having a nice house is going to make you happy and it does, then great. But then in five years, you know, you don't like the work of the big house or whatever. You know. <laughs> well, what a downsize. It's just, yeah, yeah like yeah, downsize yeah. and that's, that's fine. Okay. And that's going to make you happy, then, then that's okay. keep working, keep evaluating. Yeah. Like one thing in life is not, one sole thing in life isn't going to keep you happy for the rest of your life. Mm. You need to just keep evaluating your life and keep evaluating if you actually are happy just because you've made it this far and done the things on your checklist, is it still making you happy? You know, you just need to... Have that conversation yeah. with yourself constantly. Yeah. The most influential person in your life? That's a tough one. Mm. Um, I sort of look at my life. I've got different aspects to my life that I reach out to different people for. Mm. But in terms of parenting, um, I have a friend called Kelly who I used to work with way back when I was first nursing and she is essentially living my life but four years ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> She's got three kids yeah. and I just, 
She's the most grounded person I've ever met. She's just goes with the flow, rolls with the punches. She's got three amazing kids. And if my kids can turn out, anything is. Well, like, you've four years. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you've always got four years to, <laughs> exactly. to, to creep can, up to get to yeah, that point. Yeah. yeah, but she's the one. Like if I okay. have any parenting questions or need advice, then she's the one I go to. Awesome. So. Do, you, do you reach out and ask for advice? See? Not as often as I should. Hmm. I'm very – I'm not stubborn in some areas of my life, but I, in others I'm very stubborn mm. and I don't like to admit when I've done things wrong. Sure. But I'm trying hard to do that with the kids to admit that I've not maybe done things as I should. <laughs> Most gifted or favourite book? I don't really have – like I just read before bed, so it's usually just like trashy kind of stuff. But um, I did read a book. I wrote it down because I can't remember her name. She's of Sunshine Coast Local. Postcards from Old Age by Stella Edmondson. Okay. She is this really cool chick. Um, she's in her 80s now, I think. Right. And she has changed careers like seven times in her life. She became a world champion taekwondo um, champion yep. when she was in her 70s. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, right. And she's just, she's never, she's never let age define her and never let, you know, being stuck in a career define who she mm. is. She's just, she just takes life head on. And so, you know, it's, it's really cool yeah. to, to read and just hear about how she's lived her life and she's been all over the world and taken her own path yeah, and great. not let anyone else tell her what she can and can't yeah, do, yeah. which awesome. is really cool. And then finally, uh, guest famous or not that you think we'd you'd like to see us interview on the pod? Um, I reckon you should interview her. Okay. Yeah, okay. I reckon she'd be really cool. Awesome. And I think I'm sure she's still Sunny Coast, Coast local. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you a book. You never right. read. I genuinely think you'll be our first uh, return guest because there's lots of parenting stuff that <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, but thank you so much, Karina, for coming in. Thank and, you for um, having me. Until next time. Yeah, it's been good. Awesome. All right. That was Karina. It was so nice to sit down with her. We don't obviously get that chance to talk about parenting when we're corralling our children from the street. Um, but we'll definitely have her on again to talk about all things raising kids and hopefully you got something out of it, whether you're a parent or not. If you enjoy this episode or any of the episodes that we do, please subscribe where you listen to your podcasts and share the episode with anyone you think would enjoy it as well. So until next time, peace. Thank you.